Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick, and I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can also follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Dominic Fister from us here at the Viking Age. He is here to help us recap. The Vikings got a win. They got their first win of the 20. 20- 21 season they beat the Seahawks convincingly 30 to 17 at home got their first win so uh welcome back to the show Dominic yeah it's uh great great to be back on great to be talking about a Vikings win it's been some time now since we've been talking about a Vikings win yeah since uh what week 17 last year they beat the beat the Lions to end their season on a high note I guess um, but yeah, they got a big win today, beat the Seahawks. I don't think, I don't know. It was only, I think the Seahawks were only favored by one or two going into the game. So I guess odds makers thought it would be a close game. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I was obviously optimistic Vikings fans, but I don't know too many that were like, the Vikings can beat the Seahawks by 13 points. Um, I think that was probably the most shocking thing in the day. Is that, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that. So the Seahawks were favored by two. They were, they were minus two or one. It fluctuated yeah. during the week. Uh-huh. And I think the over-under was 54. So they were expecting yeah. a shootout with both yeah. teams' defenses struggling uh, really over the past two seasons. And to for the Vikings to come out and play a clean game like they did today, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's very encouraging. You look at the first three games of the year at Cincinnati, it looked like they had never practiced before. Right. And then they cleaned it up a little bit. In Arizona, didn't make enough plays to win the game, or enough kicks. Right. But still, we're <laughs> they were they battled in the end. We're still having some struggles on defense, and I think today they kind of they put it together. And I mm-hmm. think uh, I think this is the as an optimistic Vikings fan, I think this is the the finished not the finished product, but I think this is the team that we expect to see on the field more often than not this year. Yeah. I think I've heard a lot of people be like, "Oh, the Vikings week one was a uh, the." F- the fourth preseason game that was a uh, that was the Vikings and now they're now they're gonna be you know back to normal and the thing is especially on the defensive side this this team has a lot of new players uh, that really didn't play together in the preseason because a lot of them sat um, so they're still getting used to each other as well um, and you know you got the injuries to, to Dalvin Cook and Christian Derrissaw and Anthony Barr so that's some things to take uh, in account but okay typically we go over positives and negatives after 
each game. And since the Vikings won, we will go over the positives from uh, this week three victory over the Seahawks. So I'll just start off and go with Kirk Cousins. I think uh, it's pretty easy. He had a very good game. He's had a very solid, very impressive start to his season. Uh, He hasn't thrown an interception yet. I don't think he's turned the ball over yet. He's fumbled a couple times, but I think he's recovered all of them. Um, He had another game over 300 yards today, three touchdowns. Made a lot of, I feel like, good throws on third down. He had that one where he was backing up or he's getting blitzed and he just chucked it to uh, K.J. Osborne. I don't remember. I don't think, I don't know what's changed about him, but I don't know if he makes that throw like last year or the year before where he just takes a risk and just chucks it up there. I don't know. It, it seems like he's picked like his trust with KJ Osborne is built up really fast, uh, which is good for the Vikings because that that frees up opportunities for uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But I was impressed with Kirk Cousins. He had to step up because Dalvin Cook was out today, um, and he even like moved around the pocket. He had that you know random uh, the read option where where he ran the ball. Uh, maybe didn't need to do that, but uh, <laughs> it was still nice to to see. Them try and do something different, but uh, yeah, I was I was impressed with Kirk Cousins. I've been impressed with him this season. It seems like he's maybe coming out of his shell. I don't know. It's they mentioned him meeting with Mike Zimmer every week now, and maybe it seems like that might be helping. Maybe Zimmer's offering some him some tips that he sees each week. Like, hey, you know, he seems like he's getting the ball out quicker, so maybe he's telling him like, as a defense, if you get the ball out quick. You know, we, we don't have a chance to get to you. So maybe he's like just learning some things from Zimmer too, but he's he's looked great. Yeah, I agree. I think uh this is I think this was Kirk Cousins' best game as a Viking since we signed him. Uh he just yeah. looks comfortable back there. He looks in years past, I think he would have taken a sack instead of hit KJ Osborne. Right. There was I think it was either the drive before or the drive after the KJ Osborne play. Russell Wilson had a chance to make like the same play and he threw it a little high on third down. Was that the guy who tried to get the one-hand one, catch? One-hand, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, really, really good game for Kirk Cousins. Really good game for the Vikings offense. I think yep. that not being too dependent on Delvin Cook yep. and still running for 140 yards today was really good. Justin Jefferson's back. He's all the way back today. Oh, yeah. Nine catches, over 100 yards, touchdown. Um, so, to get him involved is really good. I think that, yeah, it was just the cleanest game they've played. So I think, season, but I think maybe offensively one of the best games of the Zimmer era as well. Oh, offensively, easily. It definitely was. Um, I think I'm thinking of trying to think of some other good offensive games. Maybe Kirk's first year when they played the Packers. I know they put up a lot of points with that when they tied them. That was the uh, Daniel Carlson game. Um, I feel like when they played the Cowboys, maybe in 2019 on, on Sunday night football, I feel like they... Did well on offense there against the Saints in the playoffs. Um, and most of these games are with Dalvin on the field. So the fact that he wasn't out there is impressive. And I feel like I want to get out there in front of this because I feel like a lot of people are gonna be like, oh well, they, they did so well without Dalvin. They probably why do they pay him so much money? They they don't they don't need him anymore. Uh, he it, they can't do this every week without him. You know, a team is eventually gonna figure out how to stop Alexander Madison. Like Teams are still trying to figure out how to stop Dalvin Cook because he's just so elusive and everything, and he's he's much different. He adds so much more to their offense, but I think this week allows them to maybe step back and look like, hey, we can look at different ways to maybe use Dalvin 
in the offense because I feel like they use Madison a lot in the uh, in the screen game, and that proved to to work very well. I know they did that a bunch last year with Delvin too, but I feel like they kind of shied away from it uh, this year. But uh, maybe they'll they'll do that more. But I feel like they they shouldn't feel the obligation to get Delvin like thirty touches every week like they might have in the past. Is you feel the same way? Yeah, I was actually thinking that was in some of my notes that I had coming into this was that if anything today shows that the Vikings can win, you know, put up points without relying on Dalvin Cook. But also that going forward, I think the biggest takeaway would be to get Alexander Madison some more touches, some more carries yeah. to take that beating off of Dalvin Cook because yeah, right. it's a 17 game season. Mm-hmm. He's not a Derrick Henry type back where you can kind of just let him get 30 carries a game and he, yeah, it's not, week three. He's already hurt. Yeah, it's exact. And the ankle's tough, especially for someone who relies on sharp cuts and first yep. acceleration like Dalvin Cook. He might he might come back next week. I don't think he'll be 100% for a couple weeks. Uh, on an ankle injury for a running back, it's pretty significant. Right. So to have Alexander Madison involved and just limit that pitch count a little bit for Dalvin Cook going forward, I think is really big. Yeah, I think it allows you to, to maybe, maybe even rest him again next week because you don't feel so worried about not having him um i'm curious to see because next week is against kevin stefanski and the browns and i'm curious to see like you know what he tells his defense and stuff how to play the vikings receivers and everything but he wasn't here with what with, with jefferson so he doesn't know you know what his tendencies are and stuff obviously he can watch film and figure that out but and i feel like kirk cousins might be a different player than than when he was he was there because he's been gone for a year and a half now and well, I feel like Kirk Cousins has probably changed as a player since Stefanski was there, but he also knows some of his old habits, so he might be able to get him on that. Any other positives that you had today from uh, today's win? I think uh, Tyler Conklin today Yep, looks really good. Definitely a positive there. Um, we talked about Alexander Madison, uh, Greg Joseph. Yeah, he needed, so, he needed today. He yeah, needed, absolutely. Needed. I, I think the entire whole fan base needed it today. Greg Joseph needed it today. Mike Zimmer needed it today. Um, oh, I think a positive was uh, the route concepts that we ran today. It seemed two, two offensive uh, schematic things. I thought Clint Kubiak did a great job today. Play calling. It, it seemed for the past year or so that the Vikings would love to run the ball on second and long mm-hmm. and that used to drive me nuts mm-hmm. but I, I went through today and they did not run the ball on second and i'll define second and long in this case is like more than second and seven so okay. the only time they did that was at the end of the game when they're just trying to kill yep. the clock but there's been plenty of drives i've seen where it would be like incomplete pass on first down second and ten run mm-hmm. for like a yard now we're third and nine and we punt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought he did a great job. First two games, it looked like all we did was rely on like slants. So mm-hmm. KJ Osborne slant on third down or uh, Adam Thielen slant against the Bengals on fourth down, kind of breaking a long one. But it seemed like we were relying on that and just kind of forcing our receivers to be in one-on-ones instead of running better concepts. Uh, I liked the the KJ Osborne kind of running a drag on that third down was nice, but also – yeah, just just better play calling, better. It looked like there's just a lot more trust in the offense. Today. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot more option routes, I guess you could say, with the, the receivers. They had a lot more freedom to, you know, because I feel like the Seahawks were playing a lot of zone coverage, so they were able to just find where the pockets were, and uh, Kirk did a good job finding them. So, yeah, uh, I I totally agree with that. I agree with Greg Joseph. He needed that. He could have 
kicked like two 10 yard field goals and that would have been fine <laughs> too. I think those are the loudest cheers I've ever heard for like 30 yard field goals. Big week um, for kickers across yeah. the and uh, what uh, Matt Prater, the the Cardinals kicker who hit that long sixty yard plus yard kick last week against the Vikings, he tried a sixty eight yarder today and it got returned for a touchdown. Um, which was a terrible idea by the Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury. I was watching that game and I'm like, they're attempting a how long? But then, you know, <laughs> Justin Tucker went out and hit a sixty six yard field goal, so you yeah, know, I guess if you if you got you got the guy and you think he can make it, then then go for it. Uh, the difference with um, Prater's was his was outside, where Stefanski not Stefanski. Wow, where Tucker's was uh, indoors, so he had a little more uh, weather control. But yeah, good for Greg Joseph, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, he played well. I think he set career highs actually for catches and receiving yards in a game. So it's good to see him kind of you know improving as each week each week goes on. And I feel like Kirk Cousins is, is trusting him more. He seems kind of like uh, another option on third down for Kirk Cousins to have, which is great. Let's see some more positives. I think the offensive line looked pretty good again today for the second straight week. Um, they did allow a sack, but there wasn't a ton of pressure. Um, and obviously they, they blocked well running the ball. So, you know, I anytime where you're like, I'm pretty sure the offensive line did good where you're not like complaining about it all the time afterwards, I think is a good sign that they're at least, you know, average. So I think they're just waiting though. Cause it Rashad Hill, I feel like is obviously the, the clearly the weak link on that, uh, offensive line. He's got a, they got to get, what's his name? Darisaw in there before that, that goes wrong. Um, let's see home crowd being back. I feel like that was a gigantic plus, uh, that made a huge difference. Because Russell Wilson couldn't hear himself, you know, think or whatever. The defensive adjustments in the second half, they had a shutout in the second half. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do, too, with the offense having the ball. They had some long drives in the yeah, second half. Yeah, they kept Russell Wilson off the field today with yeah. 35 minutes of possession. I think yeah. they, the, the Vikings played uh, – I, I think they just played their game today. I think yeah. they were able to stick to their script and stay on schedule. And I think it's a perfect situation. I think, I think that uh, – yeah, it was just a perfect situation. They got to they got to do what they're comfortable doing. Yeah, and when that with that noise from the crowd, they were able to get a, a bunch of defensive pressure. Saw Daniel Hunter back there. He saw Everson Griffin making some noise. Uh, I think he got a sack. He also had a penalty they probably shouldn't had. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they're roughing the pass. Um, yeah, that was questionable, but he he could have not done that. But that's. Uh, uh, at the same po- at the same time, I think they were already up thirteen. So it's like, yeah, all right, okay, you can let it go. And I, I don't even think Zimmer was phased by it. He was just like, all right, whatever. That, it's Everson. I feel like Everson Griffin gets a penalty a game. Uh, it's not offsides. It's, it's something else. Um, but he looks he looks pretty good as as a situational kind of guy. I feel like uh, the secondary looked a lot better in the second half. And um, that's I think that's all I got for positive. We mentioned Justin Jefferson; he looks great. Adam Thielen caught another touchdown. I think he's caught a touchdown every game this year. Yeah, uh, he's so far, I think. Yeah, he's, he's their red zone target. He, oh yeah, just like if he if Kirk Cousins doesn't go to Thielen on like the first down in the red zone, you know you know he's gonna look for him on like the next two at least because that's yeah. that's his guy. When when he's in there, that's his guy. Uh, let's see. Oh, one positive I had. That I took away from the announced team, Mark Sanchez. Not too bad. 
<laughs> like I was expecting. Oh, right here's you know Mark Sanchez, USC guy, like former Jets quarterback. I'm sure he's like not that great, but uh, he was pretty good. He provided a lot of insight. He had a interesting line about Kirk Cousins and wearing uh, trousers, you know, up up to his navel or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, um, all right. Um, but no, I th- I thought it was good. It's good. I feel like we're, they're getting some good mixes in there. New guys like last week they had uh, Keep Talib in there. Yeah, that was a good one last Gus week. Gus Johnson. Uh, I watched the, the Cardinals game today. I had Gus Johnson and Keep Talib again. And Gus Johnson was going crazy on that uh, that <laughs> kick return. Um, in typical Gus Johnson fashion, if you've ever heard him from like his college basketball days and everything. Why isn't he a number one announcer? I don't know. I, I don't understand that. He's I feel like he'd be. A lot less people might hate him than they do uh, Joe Buck, but uh, I guess yeah. I guess Joe Buck is the professional. Do you have more positives before we move on to the negatives? Um, no, I think I think we we just about covered everything there. I think we didn't get mad at, any, at Mike Zimmer for any like timeouts or anything today, did we? No, I actually going into the game, I was I was you know early season overreactions, just kind of thinking what is the Vikings identity? What is like, yep. is Zimmer a good fit for this team right now? Um, it just didn't seem like, I mean, especially coming off of Cal Rudolph's comments that it just seemed like there was so much drama surrounding oh, the recent team. ones. Yeah. The recent, yeah. yeah the, the recent that he had one. to like clear up on Twitter and everything. There were four weeks ago that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it just <laughs> seemed like there was a lot of distractions that were surrounding this team. And always. I think for them just to come in, yeah, always just for them to come in and take care of business today was yeah. the ultimate positive for me. I think one last thing, because I wrote this down before, is Jordan Barry's punt at the end of the game. That was a beautiful punt in the in the coffin corner there. Got it right in there. That's what they brought him in for. And uh, they were up a lot. They didn't really need it, but it was just nice to, they're like, all right, if Russell Wilson wants to, you know, come back, he's got to drive 99 yards, get an offensive, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, an offsides kick, and then uh, try and score again. So that was that was good. They beat Russell Wilson. They got their first win against the Seahawks since 2009. I believe that was Russell Wilson's first game, regular season game in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. I know they played in the preseason there before, but his last game against the Vikings when they were home was the 2015 playoff game, which the Vikings should have won, if not for... Blair Walsh, <laughs> former Seahawks kicker Blair Walsh, former uh, Seahawks kicker yeah. Blair Walsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think yeah, it was very lots of positives to take away. I don't, I don't have too many negatives. Um, you know what? What do you have? Some some negatives from from today? Uh, just Chris Carson's touchdown run. I think the run defense from mm. Minnesota. Chris Carson mm. eighty yards touchdown on the ground today. Um, I think Joe Mixon ran all over us in Week One. Mm-hmm. Chris, so I think there's some. It could be uh, just the lack of Anthony Barr right now. I think Nick Vigil has been playing fantastic. Not to point, not to say he's not doing a good job, but I, I think that the defense is struggling to stop the run early this year. Great to see a shutout in the second half, but it started to get to the point where like we have a defensive coach, but we can't play defense. Mm-hmm. They did. They they made. That's the one thing I like about Zimmer. He seems to make a lot of good um, halftime adjustments. Ooh, Packers and. 49ers are tied at 27 with 30 seconds to go. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. um, let's see. Who has the ball? Oh, it's, uh, the ball is on. Let's see. The ball is on the Green Bay 48. 
the Packers have the ball. So we know how this one ends. And <laughs> pick six, uh, 49ers win the game. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Zimmer makes a lot of good sec- second half adjustments. The Seahawks had no points in the second half. Obviously, that was much better than the 17 they gave up in the first half. In the first half, the defense just looked it looked like it was going to be another, you know, game against the Cardinals. Russell Wilson still had almost 300 yards passing. Um, I think most of that probably came in the first half. Um, and like they're they just I don't know. I feel like it's been this way for a while where like the Vikings let their opponent kind of get away with some stuff in the first couple drives just to see like what they're going to do. And then they make the adjustments where I'm like, well, why don't you just stop them to begin with? Why do we got to like see what they're going to do? Just, just, you know, play your defense the way you want to play it and stop them instead of giving up points where you got to come from behind. Luckily they were able to do that today, but yeah, the first half defense was just, it wasn't good this week. It wasn't good the week before. Um, it just, that's something they got to fix. Maybe it's because one of my negatives is Bashad Breland. Maybe it's because he's still out there starting. I know he's a veteran. He's got experience, but he's just not cutting it. Like he gave up that, was the touchdown, was it the DK Metcalf or was it to, was it to somebody else? Um, but I know he gave up a touchdown in the, the first quarter. Uh, he missed a bunch of tackles again. Um, and then this that led to probably this tweet from Cam Dantzler about how, you know, he doesn't want to bite his tongue anymore. And this, this was like 20, 20, 15 minutes after the game, after they won the game. And it's like, you know, I understand Cam Dantzler's frustrations, but you can't do that. Like, if you want to, you think this is gonna, that's going to let you, like, that's they're going to want to play you now because you tweeted that? I'm like, no. Uh that's not going to happen. You might he might have had a chance to play next week if he didn't do that. Maybe he will now, uh, but I don't think that's the the right move for Cam Dantzler to take. And this, I guess, maybe this is the dad and me talking, but like you know, just you know, t- wait wait for your time. It's going to come. You had the opportunity last week to play, and he he did well. Um, and if Brashad Breland, you know, maybe maybe the Vikings wanted to make a change for next week, and now maybe they don't because Cam Dantzler, you, you know, posted that tweet. So, yeah, I um, think cryptic cryptic tweets being back are yeah. We don't need that anymore. We had enough of that with Stefan Diggs. Come on, like is, I saw was there, today. Was there uh, any other like cryptic Vikings tweets or players that did that? I don't know. Everson uh, Griffin was pretty pretty forward with his uh, comments and in, in his tweets. He didn't mm-hmm. really. It wasn't very cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very cryptic. Also, Ken Dantzler had a whole season last year. Yeah, to kind of gain experience and and get his feet wet, and I think that maybe uh, all I think about is the Seattle game last year where he's like spinning in circles as DK Metcalf is running Yep, he's yeah. part of the reason why the Seahawks came back. Yeah, he gave up that yeah. long pass. So I don't. My heart doesn't really break for Cam Dantzler, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't don't handle your business like that. No, don't. At the end of the day, don't yeah, don't don't put it out in the open. Now the public sees it. Now they're going to talk about it. Now they're going to ask Zimmer about it. He's, they're going to ask you know the defensive coaches about it. Now they have to answer it all. When, more distractions, more drama. Yeah, when it it could have just been you know something behind closed doors, you know, air your grievances or whatever. And maybe he has. Maybe he's just frustrated with not getting on the field. I'm curious to see like what the snap counts were now. Like if he even got on the field for special teams, 
Um, cause he said he was willing to do whatever earlier this week, like hold a field goal or whatever. He doesn't care to do whatever to get on the field. Diggs earns the right to express his frustration. Yeah. However he wants. Cam Danzler is a second year backup cornerback. And he only started last year cause the Vikings really didn't have anyone else. Yeah. So it's not like he was like this superstar first round. He's drafted in the third round. Yeah. Like you he like the, you haven't earned that. You haven't <laughs> earned Cam Danzler. So, I, well, he's a cornerback, too. You got to be pretty – cornerbacks are usually pretty confident in themselves and their abilities, and you have to be to, to like, have a short memory to be to play that position. Um, but, yeah, I just saw that, and I'm like – I looked at the time, and I'm like, you just won. Like, what? As soon as you got to your phone, you, that's what you had to do? That was the first thing, yeah. That's not a that's not a Minnesota Viking. No. <laughs> Everyone else is like, we got to win, Skull. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not going to – I got to – I'm not going to bite my tongue anymore. And it's like – Come on, man. Um, and I saw Zimmer like stormed out of the press conference to, well, that's what someone tweeted. I don't, I don't know if he actually did storm out of the press conference because um, someone asked him, you know, how did it feel to finally beat Seattle? Um, I guess he didn't like that question, um, <laughs> which is kind of weird because Zimmer's usually like one to just stand up to people asking questions if he thinks they're dumb. But he obviously didn't like that. One of my other negatives is we talked about before, that Everson Griffin penalty, just something you don't need to do. If the game was closer, that would have been huge because I believe that happened on a, it was either a third down or was a second down that would have ended up as a long third down. And I don't even know if it was the first thing that he did or it was like the follow-up because he had to give him a little nudge afterwards because he's a, he's a, a veteran and he knows he's trying to get into Russell Wilson's head, I guess maybe, but. You don't need to do that. Like, yeah, don't need. Those are those are the little things. I think that I don't. As much as we say, like, let's not overreact over like the loss against Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Let's not overreact about the great win today, but let's not overreact and say we're back on the Super Bowl no, no. train here. The season's back. The season's back season's on track. Back. Season's back. Green Bay won, by the way. So not going to bed uh, in front of play. Well, <laughs> what are you gonna do? But we got a lot, a lot of games left. I don't think the Seattle team is very good. No. I think that... Their defense is not good. Their defense is not good. I think there's a lot of work to do. Um, but there's a lot of time to do a lot of work. So I think that Vikings are... Turn that ship around and are going in the right direction. But I don't want... Let's not overreact. No. Yet. No. I... I, I um, Season's back on track. There's a lot of... There's a bunch of one and two teams that are like pretty decent... This year, I know the Chiefs are one and two now. The Chiefs are one and two. Chiefs are one and two. The Patriots are one and two. The Steelers are one and two. Um, who else? Washington football team. The Bears. The Bears are terrible today. Yeah. The Seahawks obviously are one and two. There's some. There's some decent. Obviously, the Vikings are one and two. There's some decent one and two teams that are probably going to make the playoffs this year. Um, I. There's no way the Chiefs can miss the playoffs. There's, there's <laughs> it's just that there's yeah, no way. The they've had, the they've had a very tough schedule to begin their season. They uh, have the Chiefs have. Um, division's brutal. Yeah, and the Broncos have played. The Broncos are three and zero, and they played no. They played like the Jaguars, the Jets, and like the Texans or something. They haven't played anybody mm-hmm. that's been worth you know raving about. Um, but the Bengals won today, so that makes the week. One loss look a little better, I feel like, because they beat the Steelers today. Yeah, I think the Bengals aren't as in bad. Pittsburgh. I think too. 
Yeah. Oh my God. How great. Did you see the video today of Ben Roethlisberger rolling out and throwing that screen pass and falling? No. Oh my I God. I saw the Jamar, I saw the Jamar Chase touchdown catch, was re- which was really nice. Um, yeah. Najee Harris, 19 targets today. Passing? Yeah. What? He's a running back, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, don't they don't they have like good receivers in, in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, they have Juju Smith and they have uh, Claypool and Washington. James Washington, yeah. Okay, yeah, he runs that end. Yeah, I th- I think it's the time has come for for big Ben, ben Roethlisberger to to hang it up. Last year, I thought he was probably done, but he's trying to be like Philip Rivers or like Tom Brady, like oh I can play too, and it's like nah, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it kind of looks like. Like how Drew Brees was last year, where it's, it's like, he's got, he, he, know, yeah, he knows where to throw the ball. He knows where things should be, but he just can't, he can't get it there anymore. His arm just not, doesn't have the capability. You saw that with Peyton Manning at the end of his career. He's seen it with a bunch, with a bunch of guys. At the end of their career, you just, your body just is like, no, nah, we can't do it anymore. Yeah, father time's undefeated. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's all I got. I don't, I didn't have any people that I like, I wasn't sure about either. Oh, did we talk? We talked about Clint Kubiak too in the uh, positive. I thought that was a he's he's done well so far. I feel like I think the Vikings have had over 400 total yards on offense every game this year, which I don't yeah. remember the last time they did that. Um, so I was I, I'm impressed. And the bad thing is, if he keeps doing well, he's gone again. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, we can't keep an offensive coordinator. Well, yeah, that's the thing with defensive. Head coaches, that's going to happen if you have a successful offensive uh, coordinator. I guess unless you're the Bills and you get to keep your guy for like three years, which is weird. Brian Dable. Um, but yeah, same thing with offensive guys, though. I feel like they go through defensive coordinators. So you look at Kyle Shanahan, he's had a couple down there, and Sean McVay as well. So it's 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 it goes both ways. Um, but that's all I got today. Where can people follow you on Twitter, Dominic? Yeah. I'm on Twitter at uh, Nucci underscore 17. That's N-U-C-C-I underscore 17. Go follow him. Follow the Viking Age on Twitter. Follow us or like our Facebook page. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.